When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine to hit me from behind? Yes, I'm gone to Carolina in my mind. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast, presented by Sports Drink. Here are your hosts, Cam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how are you doing today? What? Shaking bacon. Oh, well, what's shaking is, and I, 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 I trust that the vast majority, if not all of the people that listen to us also follow us on Twitter. Um, but, but this past weekend was, uh, was a pretty special one for, uh, for the two of us. Um, we got to hang out for the first time. We did. And boy, what a surprise it was. Yes. And, and because I can't just do normal things, I, I I had to surprise him with it. Uh, I had to, I had to to drive nine hours to to surprise you. (laughs) Not, not because I live nine hours away from you though. That, that was not the reason. <laughs> I was I was thinking of starting the video with like, I've driven for nine hours. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> so Alex conspired with my wife, as well as friend of the show, Josh Goldberg, to just suddenly appear at my house on Saturday. And boy, what a shock. That was uh that was a lot of fun. And and shout out to Josh Goldberg um and his awesome son Wyatt and to uh your lovely wife Megan and uh and awesome daughter my best my new best friend Abby. Um all of you guys were incredibly hospitable. Uh like I told you off air, I felt like part of the family for a weekend and it was it was a lot of fun. Oh, we had a great time. We had an absolute great time. I so I knew I knew something was kind of up Saturday morning, right? Because because first off, uh, my wife had Abby spend the night with one of the grandparents on Friday night, like kind of out of the blue, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So you know, we got we got Friday night together, uh, and you know, hung out and got some things done around the house. But then Saturday morning, she woke up like she was shot out of a cannon cleaning the house and like having me do stuff. And I'm like, Hey, this is a relaxing weekend. We have no plans. What are we doing? And she's like, no, no, no. You need to go ahead and take the trash to the dump. And while you're in town, go ahead and go grab a few groceries. And then when you come back, go ahead and take a shower and get dressed. And I'm like, what, what, what is, what is going on? What is happening? All I know is that I'm getting instructions from my wife that I need to obey, and I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the two two best words inside of a marriage is, yes, dear. Uh, yes, dear. So, yes, dear. So, so I did all of that, and then, you know, we eat some lunch, and I'm just kind of sitting on the couch, and I notice that she's sitting on the couch by the our front windows, you know, kind of, you know, playing around on her phone, looking out. We're just having a kind of some quiet time in the house. I've got college football on, and then... Suddenly my phone buzzes and I look down and it's a text from you in one of our group chats. And it just says, hey, Cam. And there's a video <laughs> attached. And I begin watching said video and I realize that you are sitting in a hotel room as you tell this grand story of just an absolute adventure 
that you had on Friday night. And then the video cuts off, and there is suddenly a knock at my door. <laughs> a knock on my chamber door. Well, it worked out well because I could actually, uh, on the other side of the door, I could hear you listening to the whole video. So I I knew that it cut off and that I needed to knock because the actual end of the video was me saying, hey, Cam, I'm at your front door. Come get me. <laughs> so, yeah, I opened up the door and there stands a guy who I have hosted a podcast with for coming up on three years now here at the end of our third season who I've never met before, suddenly right there in, in the flesh. And it was, it was one of those things like, like, you know, you know how you can go a decade without seeing a certain friend and then you see him again. And it was like, you never like, like it, it was like you'd, you hadn't had that decade apart. Yeah. It was kind of a similar sort of feeling. Like it was the first time we'd met, but like, I knew you, better than most like in most people i know i guess oh yeah absolutely uh you know consider the fact that for the past you know three years almost now we've sat here for two to three hours at a time talking we chat every day we are in the same friend circle seemingly yeah you know it was not like a stranger just showing up to my house it's just happened to be somebody that i've never met in person before (laughs) So I, I an, another cool thing was that I I got the uh, the grand tour of uh, of Cam's rural hometown, and that was uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a, a place I hadn't been before, and uh, it was it was kind of cool getting to getting to tour your stomping grounds. Yeah, you know it, it it's so funny because you and I first you know really started you know talking and interacting with each other. Right around the time that we were in the very early stages of our house build, right? Like right around the time that, you know, we were trying well, to yeah, our drive. When we started this show, neither of us were homeowners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, that that was cool in itself, you know, for you to be able to come here and me be able to show you like, hey, all those pictures and stories that I told you about, of you know, getting trees cleared and putting in the water lines of the house and, you know, doing all this and that, this is right where that all that happened, you know? And I remember the look on your face when I explained to you, like, Hey, remember when I said that we put a thousand feet of water line pipe from the main road to our house. Now that you've driven down our driveway, you see exactly how far that actually is. And you looked at me like I was a crazy person. I, and I will continue to do so, but I've said it, Many times on this show, and I will say it again, nobody lays the pipe like Cam Matthews and Josh Goldberg. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was it was really it was really fun being able to, you know, finally show you around, you know, where I live. And you actually got to meet uh, you actually got to meet my dad, which was cool while you were here. Um and we got to go to a, to a couple of ball games together, and that was that was a grand time. I mean, it was just it was a very fun weekend that was long overdue, so to speak. Well, and I'm I'm kind of a weird mix of like of of city and country, in that I've lived a, a significant portion of my life in in both kind of settings. Um, but but I've I've been a city boy for a while now, so it was it was really refreshing to get to to kind of remember that things don't have to be that crazy oh yeah yeah absolutely i think i think one of my favorite parts of the trip and like being able to because i i am proud of where i live and i always have been there's a reason i never left and you know it was so it was it was a really a proud moment for me that as as i was driving you around you know showing you everything that you know you made the comment just about how the sky looked in my, in my area, you know, and and so that it's, yeah, it's just different. It is, it is, you know, no matter where I go, you know, I've, I've traveled uh, quite a bit, you know, with, with my various jobs over, over the past few years. And I've been to, you know, big cities. I've been, you know, a couple of time zones away in my travels. And I don't know, there's just something about coming home, you know, and something about where I live that just makes it all worthwhile. And I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, and you can verify this with with my wife. 
for me to mention how unbelievable a sunset looks uh, is is not something that that just happens all the time. In fact, right, right. You're 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 not like Brendan Fraser and bedazzled sitting on a beach crying at a sunset every night. Exactly. Like she's <laughs> probably never heard me say that. I may never have said that. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's it's a special place. Um I I lived in the area when I was a kid, so um I got to got to see a lot of things that I haven't seen in almost 30 years. Um, being back on UNC's campus, which is a, a place where I would go to my to my youth soccer camps when I was seven years old. Um, uh, I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. It, it's just it's uh, there aren't a ton of places like it, and and it was uh, it was a special weekend for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, that, and that that was especially fun for me, you know, because living not too far from Chapel Hill, I've been fortunate enough to go to my fair share of football and basketball games, you know, over the years and growing up. And so it was fun being able to, you know, being able to go with you and kind of, you know, kind of your return to being able to do that, but being able to share, you know, secrets about, you know, where to go, when, and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, just having knowledge of that area. So that way I could make sure that you had a good time while you were here too. Well, and and one other cool thing that I, I noticed, um, so it's it's been so long since I got to go to live North Carolina home games in sports. Like I don't know the stuff anymore. Like I don't yeah. I don't <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I don't even know what word to use to describe it. But I, I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, like when uh, when they're shooting free throws and everybody claps and throws their hands up. Like that, I I haven't gotten to do that stuff ever in my adult life. So so being able to kind of watch you and and parrot what you were doing was uh what was a lot of fun. Kind of kind of getting back into the fan base. Well, and you know, not not to not to necessarily turn this into a UNC podcast this week, even though that's it's the last majority of the year. We'll turn it into a UNC podcast if yeah. we want to. <laughs> you know, it, it, don't it, listen it, next week if you don't like it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I might not even be here next week. Um, but, you know, it, it, it had been such a while, especially since you had been to a basketball game, that I made the comment to you, you know, as the pregame stuff was, was getting started up, I was like, they've they've done a lot to do away with the wine and cheese crowd notion that, you know, Carolina carried for so long that you know yep. if you step if you step foot in, in the Smith Center now you and somebody told you that that used to be the the reputation that that place had I think you'd be very surprised yeah yeah and and I mean I I I understand why that reputation was there especially having having lived there during those times um but but yeah it's it's a phenomenal college basketball atmosphere just just amazing well, I think, um, you know, I, I think in a way to tie it back in into baseball, so to speak, you know, the transformation, especially that Carolina basketball has had, uh, you know, from an atmosphere standpoint is very much like the transformation that the Braves have had in this recent run. You know, you, th- you think back to the 90s, really, in the 90s, the Braves were very much a buttoned up corporate go out there, win the game, go back to the clubhouse kind of team, whereas now, like, Truist Park is a party for all when, nine innings. It the key, I think, to to oversimplify it, like I, I like to do with just about everything. Um, when you combine uh, creativity from a team's front office and on field success or on court success, whatever it may be, um, special things happen, and that's that's how you get you know, the battery and the great in-game experience that is the Braves. And that's, uh, it looks like what happened with, with the Tar Heels. Um, one of my favorite things that I, I, I mean, it's been a while since I've been to a college sporting event, but uh, I hadn't seen before was that uh, <laughs> apparently it's someone's job to instantly react in-game with memes to put up on the, on the video boards. Oh, Yeah. If there was if there was ever a job uh, that I was born for, uh, it, it's it's that. So 
so who, who, whoever needs to hear this in the, uh, in the greater Chapel Hill area, uh, I am your man at Riley's Rakes on Twitter. Uh, you can, you can scroll through my resume there. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was a ridiculously fun weekend that I feel like I am still recovering from as we enter the Thanksgiving holiday this week. Oh yeah. Oh, and it's, it's not slowing down because Lord knows we got Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lot, lots to, uh, lots to uh, do this week. <laughs> This the this was actually it, it seems like a sweet thing that happened, but it was actually pretty hateful because I, I stole the last quiet weekend he was gonna have for the year. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. because uh, you know, I, I was I showed I was, up and said, Nope, not today. I, well, you know, the the week before last I was out of town all week. I was I was in Texas for, for my work. Um and then that weekend was pretty busy. And then last week was very busy with work. And so, of course, this being the weekend before Thanksgiving, I had it in my mind of, by golly, I've got nothing to do. I'm going to rest and relax because I know that every weekend from now through the end of the year is going to be ridiculously hectic between Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday events. And then somebody knocked on my door. <laughs> uh, always throwing a wrench in the plans. It's what, it's what I'm good for. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, and I, well, I, I will say what was fun too was seeing everybody's reaction on on Twitter to to you showing up at my house. Well, and also have to shout out your wife for getting the uh, the awesome reaction video from uh, from inside the house. Yep. Well, see, I knew, and you can probably you can kind of catch it. I think in the video of me watching your video is that. As I'm sitting there watching the video that you had sent me, I looked over to her because she just had this like the biggest just you know what eating grin on her face. <laughs> and I could tell her phone was kind of pointed in my direction. So at that point, I knew something was up. Right, yeah. <laughs> so let uh, me ask you this. Let me let yeah. me ask you this because you because where I live is kind of off the the beaten path, so mm. to speak. At, was there any point on Saturday when you were driving to my house that you were looking around saying like, oh gosh, where am I? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you, you, you're lying. No, really. Uh, it just it, it, that kind of country is, is, is familiar area to me. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't have to like drive through a swamp to get to my house or something. Right. Right. Um, I, like my, my in-laws live in, in rural South Carolina and it's, it's, it's very similar. Like you're driving through farmland, seeing, you know, houses only every so often. And, um, that, that's pretty much what it was for the last hour, hour and a half in, but yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> I mean that I that's fine by me. I have no issues with that. And you got to take home a brand new piece of handcrafted artwork. I did. I did. My my the one of the best trip souvenirs I ever got. Um young Abby drew me a picture. And it is hanging on my refrigerator, uh potentially to be framed in the future. Oh, you gotta love it. Gotta love it. So that means that means I I guess I've I've got to come to Atlanta next. Yes, we've been saying and and random, but what are the odds? You know, we've been doing a baseball podcast together for three years, um, and we get together for for our our first weekend hanging out ever, and and I don't even know if baseball was spoken, let alone like go going to a game or anything. I was gonna say I don't think we talk about I don't baseball, think we talk like, baseball at all for a second. <laughs> like I think the I think the closest thing that we said to anything dealing with baseball on this trip was uh, we briefly discussed what the format for this week's show was gonna be. Oh, and that yeah. was it. That, yeah. that was it. <laughs> Mercy. Ah, well, guys, get ready. Eventually Cam is going to come to Atlanta and uh and and we need to uh, we need to treat him right when he gets here. Yeah, that's true. That's true because the majority of you goobers are down in Atlanta. So, oh yeah, oh come, yeah. No, come, we uh, I, take we, come, come take care of your boy. Yep. When uh, when I when I can get <clears throat> Cam to Truist Park, I, I want each and every one of you guys listening to uh, uh, to make him feel like a celebrity. Oh Jesus. <laughs> 
Let's not, uh, let's not, let's if, not get crazy if, now. If Cam Matthews isn't signing autographs before we leave Truist, then uh, <laughs> we, have, we have failed as a society. If you ask me to sign an autograph, I'm going to ask what's wrong with you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you you need to get out more because, good Lord. <laughs> I'm gonna make I'm gonna make uh, trading cards of you before you get to town, and then pass them out to everybody so they have something for you to autograph. No, we we need to get a T-shirt that just says like Cam Matthews has a posse or something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, um, Truist Park ain't ready. I <laughs> I know Tyler's gonna gonna want you to autograph his um uh, his what's shaking bacon shirt. Oh, I will gladly autograph his What's What's Shaken Bacon shirt. And tell me, Alex, where can somebody buy a What's Shaken Bacon shirt if they so choose? I'm so glad you asked, Cam. Guys, you can get online and go to teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast and check out all kinds of cool merch from us. Well, from Cam here at the Chatting Average Podcast. (laughs) And the holidays are coming up, so, you know, get that. Loved one of yours, a Fire Manfred shirt, because it's a cause we can all agree with. Absolutely, and uh, and and we'll have a sale running for the holidays. And uh, check out our our Twitter page at Average Chatting, uh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll drop you a discount code on there uh, coming up in the next week or two. Well, hey, even though this is technically our final episode of the season, this is not the last time you can hear our voices until baseball starts back up. Where else can you hear our voices, Cam? Well, Alex, you fine folks can tune in to our college football podcast, Chatting Yardage. It is a uh, it is kind of a one-man breakdown of the previous week, a look ahead, some of the top stories across college football, plus your weekly mascot minute presented to you by Mr. Alex Butler. Many, many people are saying it's the greatest segment in podcasting. Not I wouldn't say that, um, but a lot of a lot of people are saying that. Many people are saying it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So, um, so let's talk a little bit of baseball since we didn't get to this past weekend. Uh, and there has been some baseball uh, to talk about since the World Series ended. Um, so the the first big postseason or well, postseason offseason story. Uh, Edwin Diaz re-signed with the Mets on a five-year, $102 million contract. You heard me right, folks. Five years, $102 million for a relief pitcher. Yeah, there's no way that that deal backfires. I, I, I mean, what I saw a lot of Mets fans saying is we all we care about is that he's locked up. Our, got, our our owners got a ridiculous amount of money, so we really don't care how much he pays him. And and if if Cohen goes out and and spends the way Mets fans are are saying he's going to, then yeah, a hundred and two million dollar deal for a relief pitcher isn't really that big of a deal. But if they start getting up against those luxury taxes and decide that they don't want to go over a certain number. And all of a sudden, you've got a relief pitcher eating up twenty plus million dollars a year. Um, that that's going to create problems for you, especially when you get into the back end of that contract, and he's not what we saw last year, which is which is an um, a near certainty. Well, you know, he's going to be making twenty million, you know, twenty plus million a year. When he inevitably does blow a save at some point over the next five years, just imagine the reaction from Mets fans. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be tremendous. Except for Joe Seppi, who will tell you that, like, eh, baseball's dumb. Check out this tarp job I did. <laughs> His tarp jobs are pretty awesome, I got to say. They are, they are pretty great. He is, a, uh, he, he is a leader in his craft. Absolutely. Um, well, another leader in his craft was traded. Uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays to the Pittsburgh Pirates, Pirates acquired first baseman G-Man Choi. Cam, I love me some G-Man, and, and I kind of hate that he's going to be playing for the Pirates now. Yeah, I hate that he's going to be playing for the Pirates too, but he will be a glistening kernel of corn in what is otherwise a 
poopy team. <laughs> I was I was on pins and needles waiting to see where you were going with that. <laughs> so I, I am I am trying to do better about the language that I use on this fine podcast because <laughs> as my child is now getting older and is listening to more of what I say, uh oh, I am quickly learning you that got, you got a little parrot on your hands. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. All right, uh, and I'm not going to lie, I did I did have to try to catch myself a couple of times just because. What? It's something that I need to work out of my everyday conversation. Yeah. Uh, quick side note, funny story. I believe I told you this story while you were in town, uh, but I'll, I'll go ahead and share the story with the listeners. So my wife and I uh, are in charge of the cleaning at our church. So once a week, you know, one night a week, we'll go over there. We'll vacuum the floors, take out the trash, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. Just keep it up, like keep an otherwise tidy appearance at our church. So last Thursday night, we finished up eating our eating our meal. We're cleaning up, uh, you know, and usually Abby will, will ride with us and she'll either like go and play in one of the playrooms or kind of hangs out with us and, you know, helps as best she can. You know, we keep her involved. Well, last Thursday night, she asked if she could take her tablet with her, which she was sitting there doodling around on. And we were like, yeah, sure. No problem. And she said, OK, let me turn it down for Jesus and I almost fell on the floor. Tablets down for Jesus. That is a uh, that is the humor that my child has. <laughs> Already. Yeah. I... Yes, she is. There, there is, there is no doubt that she is my child. Tablets off for Jesus, Cam. Tablets off for Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Moving on. The uh, San Diego Padres locked up relief pitcher Robert Suarez on a five-year, $46 million deal. Uh, Dodgers brought back Clayton Kershaw. No real surprise there. One-year deal for him. Uh, Atlanta Braves signed former Rays reliever Nick Anderson, right-handed pitcher, to a one-year non-guaranteed split contract. Uh, He'll make $875,000 if he's in the majors and $185,000 if he's in the minors. Um, from, uh, from the little bit that I know about Nick Anderson, um, he's a, he's a high upside kind of guy, uh, someone that, that we would presumably stash in Gwinnett because I believe he has options, um, and see if the pitching staff or the, uh, the, the coaching staff down there can work a little bit of magic with him. Yeah, it, it is a it is a no lose situation at all. You know, this is the kind of guy that, yeah, his numbers aren't great. Uh, 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 here as of late, uh, but you know you're, you're talking about at the most less than a million dollars that you would owe the guy. Plus, like you said, he has options available, so you know he can fill in that role of you know when we inevitably have to play a doubleheader and you have to carry an extra man on the roster. Like you know, usually that's a pitcher. He might be your guy to do that. Or if if a bullpen arm goes down, he is your guy that you can bring up for a few days if you have to. Like, you know, it's it's a fine deal. It's nothing that's going to make waves, but it's something that, like, at some point in July, he could have a good couple of innings and we'll say, hey, oh, yeah, that was a good deal. Or, or, you know, they could unlock something in Gwinnett and he turns into a solid reliever and then AA looks like a genius again. Yeah, that is true. Um, so qualifying offers were handed out. Uh, the number this year was $19.65 million. Uh, the Rangers placed a qualifying offer on Martin Perez, which he of course accepted because under no circumstances would he make $19.65 million in one season anywhere else in the galaxy. Uh, Jock Peterson also accepted his qualifying offer, so he's going to be nearly a $20 million man in 2023 as well. Uh, Good for Jock. Yeah, I believe the the only qualifying offer the Braves handed out was to Dansby Swanson, which, uh, of course, he declined. So so we'll have to see where that goes. Uh, A lot of of, uh, talking heads still believe that the the Braves are, are kind of the leader in the clubhouse to to bring Dansby back. But uh, unfortunately, as of recording, there is no firm news to report there. Um, Tyler Anderson, who had a phenomenal year pitching for the Dodgers last year, really helped to keep that team afloat when they had a rash of starting pitching injuries, uh, signed a three-year deal with the Angels worth $39 million. 
Um, so Angels get a little bit more pitching help. Um, in a corresponding move, they designated Tukey Toussaint for assignment. So he's out there again. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing a uh, 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 at least a minor league reunion there. Um, Anthony Rizzo re-signed with the New York Yankees uh, on a deal worth $17 million a season uh, with a $6 million buyout uh, for a 2025 option. Um, so, so Yankees firmed up their infield a little bit. Uh, and, and, and they, and they truly love him up there and he seems to be having the time of his life playing yeah. in New York. Yeah. He was, he's, he was built for that. Like he, he just, he, he fits them so perfectly. Yeah, and and it, and it's so weird too because you know when he was with the Cubs, if you had told me that he would be on a different team one day, I would have said you know oh that that'll be hard to picture because he just he just seemed like Mister Cub during his tenure there. He but really now, did. But now like he he just he fits in so well with the Yankees and he's like fully embraced being in New York. He he has and 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 good for him and uh, we'll see what else the Yankees do. Obviously, the uh, the elephant in the room is Aaron Judge, who uh, who was recently in San Francisco meeting with uh, meeting with Brass there, presumably getting their offer. So uh, could see some movement on Aaron Judge soon. Obviously, Yankees fans very much want to bring him back. Uh, the a, and that and that would be a very interesting move. And I, you know. When I initially heard that, like the Giants felt like part of the you know front of the pack that could potentially sign Aaron Judge, I thought I felt like they were kind of out of place. But really, the more you think about it, the more they kind of make sense. Like they they've got so much money to play with right now. They've got so much money. This is a team that still not that long ago was an absolute dynasty they've got so much money to play with that they gave jock peterson 20 million dollars for next year yeah (laughs) and and that was from from the reports that i read that that was the real selling point to judge on uh on san francisco is that hey a, a lot of teams can can pony up and bring you in we can bring you in and a couple other guys and I think that's a selling point that a lot of people just don't think about either, you know, because we've seen so many guys just take big money deals to be, you know, the Ferrari sitting outside of a camper. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So the idea that you can get brought in, but also be built around as, you know, part of a winning team that has to be incredibly enticing. It does. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and and they've got some some really good pieces. Uh, they they've got a highly touted catcher Joey Bart uh, that that I believe came up last year. Um, that should be sort of rounding into the form into form over the next couple of seasons. Um, obviously have some great pitching with Logan Webb. Uh, I wouldn't be terribly surprised to bring to see them bring Carlos uh, Rodon back. Um, Oh yeah, he's still floating out there. He's he's still floating out there. He's uh he's obviously overshadowed by the uh by by the the Jacob Degroms and the Justin Verlanders of the world. But he's uh I, I would say he's a firm number three for top available starting pitchers. Oh brother, if we had a Jacob Degrom to our or not Jacob Degrom, if we had a Carlos Rodon to our rotation. Yeah, and I think I I honestly think our rotation really only has room for one guy at this point. Um, I, I I could agree with that. So so whoever that one guy may be, I'd I'd rather it be someone that slots slots into you know the the front end of the rotation rather than the back end. But um, I wouldn't be terribly surprised to see starting pitching not being a position we we go out and spend a lot of money on. Right. Right. Um, uh, interesting move, uh, happened on the 16th. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays traded outfielder Teoscar Hernandez to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, a, a huge move for the Mariners who, who added a reliable outfielder and a, and a strong bat. Um, and especially looking at what they're losing with the likes of Mitch Hanniger being a free agent. Uh, I, I think that was a great move for the Mariners and, uh, a good reason for, 
uh, Mariners fans to be optimistic heading into next season. I, I think so too. And boy, I am happy to see them like not standing pat or not just being okay with making the postseason this year. Right, right. Now they they they've they've got things pointing in the right direction, but uh, they they've just they've got to keep pushing, and that's uh, that's a great move in in uh, in that regard. Mitch Haniger is an interesting name. I'll Mitch Haniger is an interesting name, uh, and and someone that the Braves have been rumored to be in on. Um, someone like him would would fit great, great in left field in Atlanta, um, and and I I I think outfielder is probably going to be uh, the biggest name you see signed for the Braves this this off season, um, whether it be a, a Mitch Haniger or um, uh, or, or hell, it could be a Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger was non-tendered by the, uh, by the Dodgers, uh, this past week. So, um, could see, a a, a little bit more economical, but still a, a splashy name coming in for the outfield. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's the end of our season. I, I don't know. I don't know what to give you. <laughs> I, what, what what do you want from me? All right. Well, that's as good a segue as any into Cam. What do you, what do you say we talk about some of our top Braves moments of the year? We had a lot of great moments this season. What uh what what were some of your favorites? Okay. All right. Uh, how, how about this? I know we both have three, so let's let's go back and forth, working our way down. How about that? All right. Works for me. Okay, so uh, yeah, th- this is this is a good way to round out our last podcast. Uh, number three, Matt Olson on a day game in Pittsburgh hits a grand slam into the Allegheny in an absolute laugher of a game. And what's also weird to me is that he was the first Brave to ever put one in the river in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's it it just doesn't seem right, but. But yeah, I mean, it was it was so much fun to watch. So I was actually I was in the car listening to this game whenever this happened, and just the pure sound of that ball off of his bat, you knew it, he just hit it a mile. Yeah, I mean, he he struggled at times to uh, to to consistently connect with the ball, but man, when when he gets a hold of it, that thing flies. Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's the thing. Like he he went through some droughts this year, but like all in all, statistically, his numbers were still phenomenal. Like the yeah, he did I, not I, have a bad year at all. No, I, and but the it was it at least with the home runs, it seemed to be in spurts. So he would go long periods of time without hitting a, a home run. And in today's game, if you go a long period of time without hitting a home run, people are going to start asking what's wrong. Uh, right, right, all right. What is your number three? All right. So for my number three, we're going to go back to August 10th. It was uh, the Braves were visiting Boston in Fenway Park. And uh, a young second baseman made his debut. That was Vaughn Grissom's very first game. And in Vaughn Grissom's very first game in Fenway Park, he hits a home run over the monster and out of the stadium. Uh, It was... It was the hardest hit Braves home run I think since since the Solaire shot at least at least visually. Uh it it was really cool and and especially with the uh the 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 trend of all the young guys coming up and making a huge splash right off the bat that the that troublemakers. So yeah. Well, I mean and it was it was beyond uh Harris and Grissom. I mean when Travis Demerit first got called up very early in the season, he was on fire for a week or two. Right and, it, right, and it seemed like every single person we were calling up was was doing that, and they would just come out of the gate and they would be world beaters. Like for a time, it felt like we could just start, you know, Mississippi for a couple of games, and <laughs> and we'd probably win those games. Um, oh, spe- speaking of Michael Harris the second, your rookie of the year for the National League. Oh yeah. Yeah, awards came out. Uh, <laughs> Michael Harris the uh, second wins narrowly over Spencer Strider uh, for National League Rookie of the Year. 
Um, so for the first time since uh, I believe it was 2011, uh, teammates go one and two in the National League Rookie of the Year voting. And when that last happened, it was Craig Kimbrell and Freddie Freeman. That's wild. <laughs> so uh, so it's uniquely a Braves thing, apparently, to have uh, so many good prospects that you go one, two for Rookie of the Year. Um, and And let's not forget the fact that it's absolutely insane for a team to win a World Series and then the next year have the number one and number two vote-getters for Rookie of the Year. Insane. So, yeah, going back to your number three moment, uh, Grissom over the monster, what I loved about that, and you heard about the story later on, you know, he gives this great bat flip, too, like this just crazy, you know, throw back to the dugout almost. He did not realize that he did that until he watched the replay in the dugout on the iPad. (laughs) <laughs> and and I remember the clips of them showing him watching the iPad, uh, like, oh, I did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he had this look on his face like, oh. Oh, man. Good times. Yeah, yeah, that 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 part, that game was just nuts. All right. And, and I, it seems like every time we play in Boston, we just have one crazy Fenway Park game because uh, we had that one where uh, – was it, was it Ozuna and Duvall who were just hitting every single ball miles out of the yard? Yeah, uh, Ozuna hit three out. I think that one was. Yeah, Ozuna hit three out night one, and then uh, Duvall hit three out the next night. We we like playing at Fenway. They don't no, seem to mind it, that's for sure. Make no mistake, Boston belongs to the Braves still. That's right. That's right. All right, so what what's your number two moment, Cam? Uh, number two... This came late in the season against the Astros on a Saturday night game, but Travis Darno walks us off against the Astros in extra innings. Love it. And this, this was a nationally televised game. It was on Fox, uh, and it was one of those games where we were still chasing first place. We, we took game one against the Astros on Friday night, and then to come back and what I would say is our grittiest win of the season on that Saturday night. You know, this was the moment that I remember specifically thinking, like, boy, this this team really is good. Like, for all their faults and for how slow of a start they had, this team is actually very good. It, exactly what I was about to say. That was the, the first moment where I saw uh, a series that the Braves played, and I looked at it and, and said, this is a team that that could do something. Like, uh, like we we all had that moment at some point in late September of of last year, um, and and that Astros series was was it for me this year. I, I think that was us finally seeing what the what the team was capable of. Because uh, Lord knows, for that first month and a half, two months, they were they were not showing us our their best. No, no, not at all. And you know, for so many years now, the the whole. You know, don't quit with Snit mantra and, and that sort of thing ha- has rung true. And we just we didn't get to see that a whole lot this year, it felt like. Um, you know, we didn't win a whole lot of games that we trailed late in. But this was one of those that we were just able to just climb back and, you know, get guys on base and, and get a run in when we needed to. And against a very good team, the team that eventually went on to win the World Series. Yeah, that was ah, that was a fun one. <laughs> Thought we could uh, that that looked like a uh, a preview of of a World Series rematch, and uh, unfortunately that that didn't come to pass. But we could still see it again this year. That's right. All right. All so right what, what what you got for my number two? I'm gonna go with the the opening series uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. Obviously, the on field. Uh, product didn't didn't look that great, but we still got to, you know, see the banner unveiled, and we had a, a like three or four days of all sold out games, and had the ring ceremonies for all the players, and just the the energy around the battery and Truist Park uh, for the opening series as the defending world champions. Um, it, it was it was something special. It was it was like carryover. Uh, from the 2021 postseason. Uh, it really just felt like an extension of that. 
And speaking of rings, I now have a replica ring in my possession, thanks to you, my friend. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now I'm, I, I, I rarely come empty-handed. Pulled out all the stock. Actually, I'm looking at it right now, fiddling around with it. Oh yeah, no, I got, I got mine. It's, our... it's, it's, it's the perfect fit. <laughs> but no, I think with our powers combined. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> But, you know, I think that was just, that was a moment that we've watched for years, you know, other teams get to have. And we've got to watch them unveil these big, ridiculous World Series rings. And finally, we got to reveal Now we have the biggest and most ridiculous of them all. Most (laughs) ridiculous ring you've ever seen. Oh, it's great. It's just so great. All right. What was uh? What was? Are we on your number two or your number one moment? Number one. But how about this? Before we before we hit our number one, do you have any honorable mentions you want to throw out there? Um. Uh. Yes. Uh. Actually, I'm. I, I think I'm going to steal one of yours. Uh. If I if I remember correctly, it's been a while since we talked about these. Um. And I don't have the stats in front of me, so I'm just going to say. The Manny Pena game. Oh gosh. <laughs> the the Braves Manny... legend. Braves Braves legend Manny Pena. What did he go four for four in like his only care? Three for no, four no, no, or no, something. No, like no, that? no, 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 no. That 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 was Chadwick Trump. Oh, that's I'm sorry. Wrong obscure Braves catcher. My bad. Yeah. Chadwick, Chadwick Trump, Trump game. in a in a in a doubleheader game in Miami. Oh man, that was <laughs> it was just Go, goes four for four but blows out his wheel on his <laughs> on his last double going into second. He died a hero. He, he died a hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh okay, so my honorable mention might be just as ridiculous and hilarious, but uh, you know, if we can get serious for a moment, there was a there was a time early in the season where unfortunately D. Gordon was on the mound for the Nationals and just threw way too inside on Travis Darno and Travis Darno took unprofessional, one. really. So so unprofessional and Travis Darno just crumpled to the ground. It, it was uh, just just horrible to watch. No, but in all seriousness, I watch that clip every now and then. I still laugh. I, I, I still laugh at it. It's it's unbelievable. D. Gordon throws like a forty-eight mile an hour pitch that just <laughs> that just that just tags him right on the elbow, and he like looks at the ball bounce off of his shoulder and then just falls to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he he looked like Woody or Buzz Lightyear whenever Andy walks in the room. Exactly. And I, I think that was the moment where we all discovered that that Travis Darno might low-key be the funniest guy on the team. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, it's something that I didn't actually expect of him, but he is, like, low-key hilarious. Yeah. He had, se- I, he had several moments this year where he just, like, showed just how funny he actually is. He did. And, and you know, <laughs> if I were Travis Darno, I don't think I I could be funny um because i don't think i've ever seen a catcher um take as many bounced balls into uh the bounced balls as as travis darno um right but but yeah he's he's unbelievable love the guy all right my number one moment of the season for the braves you know it's coming it came on the last homestand series of the regular season the Braves sweep the Mets yes to take first place in the National League East and then two days later of course win the division uh this was the series of the year on the back of world champion Jake Odorizzi yeah the Jake also lest we lest we forget the Jake Odorizzi game the Jake Odorizzi game. Boy, stepped up when we needed him to. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, for, for weeks, we talked about it on this show, leading up to that series against the Mets, that inevitably we just knew the season was going to come down to that. And then it did. And so, you know, you take game one against DeGrom and you say, okay, that's 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 a good start. We've got Scherzer tomorrow night. And then suddenly you take game two and you realize that, man, we are really in the driver's seat now. And then you get greedy, but you almost think, nah, there's no way we're actually going to sweep, though. Like, 
That doesn't happen in situations like this. And then we sweep them. And I just, oh, I, the, I, that, I, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, there's something to be said about that series literally coming on the last weekend of the season and then how things end, you know, a week and a half, two weeks later the, for the Braves. The record books will show um, that the Braves only played two postseason games at home this year. Um, but that Mets series was was absolutely the postseason um, from from, you know, the from how into it the players were to uh to to the energy around the crowd it was it was really really cool um to get to see that mainly because we didn't get as much as we would have liked in the postseason yeah and you know and it was it was just a series that you know i just i I just i sat and stared at i felt like for weeks just knowing that it was coming and then you know to be able to come out with a sweep is just nothing short of remarkable so yes, I mean I had no there there were no second thoughts in my mind about making that my number one moment of the season. Well, I went I went a little bit different direction. Uh, I I got the I uh I, I went a little bit different direction. Uh, for mine, we're going to go back to uh, to August first. Um, oh, I'm I'm sorry, September first, September first, twenty twenty two. Um, the, uh, the, the Braves were playing the Colorado Rockies on a Thursday night and Spencer Strider was on the hill. Well, Spencer had himself a game that night. Spencer pitched eight full innings and struck out 16 batters, setting a modern era Braves record for most batters struck out in a game. Uh, it was, it was one of the most dominant Braves pitching performances I I can ever remember seeing. And, and it was especially refreshing for me because as I know, we've, we've talked about, I, I love, I love power pitching. Uh, Always have like the, the, the Roger Clemens, the Randy Johnsons of the world. Like I always wanted the Braves to have guys like that. Um, Obviously finesse pitching has its place. No one knows that better than than Braves fans, but uh, it was one of the first looks I ever got at at a Brave that was just dominating in that manner. And it was one of those that I felt like, I can't remember what I was doing that night, but I was not intently watching the game. But it was like all of a sudden I looked up and eh, Spencer Strider with his seventh strikeout. Strider with his 11th strikeout. And I'm like, Wait a second. What is this kid doing? Just an un- unreal performance as a rookie, too. As a rookie, and and the the cool thing is he didn't even realize it. Um, he had no clue how many strikeouts he had. Um, so then, and there were clips where you could see his teammates telling him in the dugout, like, "Hey, you just broke John Smoltz's record." Um, but yeah, and one of the reasons I'm so optimistic with Strider is is just the maturity level this kid has. Like, go watch any post game interview that he's ever given, and, and you'll be struck by by how he he talks as though he's a he's a 40 year old grizzled veteran of Major League Baseball, and, and it's really easy to forget that he's a rookie with a just a ridiculously bright future. Boy, does he have a bright future. Oh, yeah. Well, Cam, what's in our future? Uh, well, you know, I got a kid on the way that's going to be born uh, before our next season starts. Yeah, so, so um, so... We'll we'll lead we'll lead off with this. Um, Want to appreciate everybody that has stuck with us. I know our uh, our recording schedule this past season uh, wasn't as as diligent as it's been in years past. Um, but we will do our best to get back on schedule. Um, obviously, with Cam having a having a kid in the spring, uh, going to be a little touch and go for uh, for a lot of um, the early part of the season. But we expect to be. Uh, back on track and uh, up to our normal shenanigans by the end of the season. Um, 
but but yeah, just uh, we'll keep an eye on uh, on Cam. He's gonna have a, another little one on the way uh, that that I can come and uh, and rile up and feed sugar to and and can you know generally make things tougher for him. Like you do. <laughs> uh, before we go, we do need to thank. Uh, let's see. We need to thank Jeff uh, for for helping us out this season. Jeff Donahue, Tyler. Bobby Anthony. Yeah, Tyler Bobby Knight. Anthony, Tyler Knight. Um, who else? Uh, Will Smathers, I guess, for making an appearance one or two times this season. Don't thank that bitch. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and of course, want to thank you, the listeners, yes. for listening because I feel like you know it, this is season number three, and I think this thing might have lasted a lot longer than Alex and I ever thought it was going to. Um, but what has been really cool this year, uh, and it started late last season when we went on the World Series run, is just seeing so many new names pop up and interacting with us and listening to the show. Like that, that's just that's extremely cool to me. Um, and, and you know, we saw that a lot too earlier this year when we were doing our um, what were those chatting spaces things that we did. Oh, the color casts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were doing color casts on Wednesday night for a good time there when they were a sponsor. Um, you know, that was cool, like interacting with people that we had not really interacted with before that are fans of the show. Uh, you know, it's not lost on me that you guys choose to to listen to us rant and ramble, you know, once a week. Well, and ac- actually that gives me a, a, a good excuse to approach this subject. Um, so... Obviously, most of you who have found us uh, have found us through the Little Bird app on Twitter. Um, things have been a little weird with Twitter the last couple of weeks. That, that's putting it mildly. Hard hard to say confidently that Twitter is going to be around when we come back next season. Um, but don't take that to mean that we are not coming back next season. You can you can still find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Um, as for me, you can you can find me on Instagram. My handle is aob one 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 seven. So so hit me up there as a kind of a, a backup plan in case Twitter goes down. Um, but yeah, we we are not going anywhere. Uh, despite what, uh, no matter what the Bird app does, uh, we'll find another way to uh, to to find you guys. But. Uh, the show will still be here wherever you're listening to it. That's right. And hey, we uh, we may or may not have to do a do a Christmas episode this year as well. <laughs> oh. oh, damn it! Don't don't think you're getting out of that. Ah, <laughs> it is tradition. All right, and you know what else is tradition? Reminding you that today's episode was brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They help helping us grow and they're hating your favorite team. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. That's spelled like sports drink, just without the vowels. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's the last episode of the season. Cam, I don't care if you let the funk out. Oh, I'm about to let so much funk out. All, all, we're letting all the funk out. All the funk out of this bad boy. It's going to be a funky Christmas season. I like it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, it'll be next year, but we uh, we thank you for, for hanging out with us this season. Uh, and uh, until then, for Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next season on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye. This has been the Chatting Average Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode. 